In order to retire successfully, you'll need vision. You'll also need a plan to execute that vision. Welcome to Retirement Pathfinder with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky. On today's show, we'll give you the tools you need to navigate unique challenges you'll face in retirement. It's time to chart your financial future. Retirement Pathfinder starts now. Welcome into the Retirement Pathfinder. I am Ben George, joined by Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky over at Pathfinder Wealth Management. We are going to have a good show today. I think it's going to be interesting to, to talk to both of them about assumptions that get made in retirement. We all we all kind of have assumptions through life, but when it comes to retirement, there are a few things that people just kind of assume are going to be true. Uh, maybe you've heard it from somewhere, your friends told you something, or you just kind of thought, hey, this is going to how it's work. It just makes sense. Well, it's not always the case. So we're going to lay out a few assumptions that people make and kind of clear up why they may not apply to you once you reach retirement. Barbara and Phil, welcome in. Good to talk to you. How are you? We're doing good. We're doing great. Doing great. Yeah. I'm glad to be here today. This yeah. is going to be a fun podcast. Yeah, I'm looking forward to kind of hearing your thoughts on these assumptions. But, you know, I was just thinking it's it's been almost a year to the day when everything shut down, maybe a little bit past a year now, but hard to believe that it's a year's gone by since everything happened and, and we kind of gone into this quarantine mode. But have you all had a chance to kind of look back at the past year? Because, you know, financially, it's been a very interesting year with that huge drop. And then things have been pretty strong since. Have you kind of got a feel for how things went over the last year? Yeah, it's funny you should ask, Ben, uh, because uh, we do have uh, people that have made the assumption that the market would not return, you know, this particular downturn. And I think that every every downturn we have in the market, you know, people, naysayers will say, well, this time it's different. It's never coming back, you know. And so uh, that that is some people's assumption. But let me give you a couple of numbers. The numbers are in. So Here's what we have uh, year to date, actually within the last 12 months from uh, the low of, of March 23rd. So uh, if you look at US, the U.S. sector, U.S. microcap stocks, they were down 43% for the year. But over the last year, you know what they've jumped up to? Any guess, Ben? Give me a guess. Wild guess. Say over 100, Ben. <laughs> I'm going to say 135%. How oh. about that? You were, you know, you're two points off, 137%. Oh, wow. That's a good guess. That's pretty good. That year on top of it. Okay. U.S. small cap growth. I'm going to ask, I'm not going to ask you about these. That was down 51%. It was up 133%. Wow. U.S. small cap value was down 45%. It's up 155%. And U.S. large cap, which would be like your S&P 500, was down 25%, up 95%. Now, that's just in the U.S. sector. I had one of my clients say, well, I don't believe that the international will ever come back. Well, let me give you some numbers on the international sector over here. So international small cap was down 33% for the year. And international hasn't done that well over the last few years, but right. it has cranked this last 12 months. Down 38% for the year, it's up 92%. Emerging markets, down 38%, up 87%. Emerging market small cap, down 35%, up 101%. Unbelievable. Large value down 38%. That was up 87%. So those folks that basically decided to take their money and put it on the side for the time being to see what would happen have missed out. You know, and our particular mantra is be patient because you will be rewarded if you are patient and you hang in there. A oh, good story for, for diversification too, right, Phil? Absolutely. I mean, if is. you look at large growth, S&P 500 companies over the last two years, or 2019 and 20, the uh, you know, large growth is what, no, 2018 and 19, large growth is what had mm -hmm. you know outperformed all the other asset mm -hmm. classes. But then, like you said, look what International did this year and even small in value. 
Yeah, that's why we, we believe in something called inverse correlation. So, you know, some stocks will be going up in value, some may be going down in value, but you want to be able to catch them all in the correct percentages. And that's what we call the formulaic approach or the recipe approach. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, uh, that's good information. It's, it's interesting. It's crazy that things went that well, right? I mean, those numbers are pretty eye-opening and I, yeah. you know, I just think like if, if somebody got out and then just kind of sat on the sideline all year, I mean, yes, that's, that's, that's that is rough. right. Ben. I had a client did do that. Really? Uh, I really warned him. I, I tried to, he's the only one I can think of that, uh, or at least with me that um, had gotten out, went to cash and, you know, we had conversations on this and why that's not a good idea. And, uh, but you know, long story short, that's what happened. And, and, and you don't play catch up with those kind of returns. No, you don't. Mm -mm. Yeah. I mean, I guess if it gives you peace of mind, maybe that's, that's worth it to you, um, yeah. to be on the sideline. But yeah, I mean, just, just holding and not paying attention to it day to day and, and you turn around a year later and kind of look where you are. So it just, yeah. it's a good lesson to learn because it's going to happen again. And you know, how are you going right. to approach it when it does? If you haven't joined us before, pathfinderwealth.com is the website. You can get in touch with Barbara and Phil there. Plus, get all the resources they offer and our podcasts are archived there as well. So when you get done with this show, make sure you visit the website and check out what else they have to offer there. But let's jump into these assumptions. We got four of them today that I think people often make when they think about retirement. And for the most part, these aren't correct. Now, every situation is different for every person, but we're going to explore these four and kind of explain why you might not be banking on these uh, when you get to retirement. And the first one is spending in retirement. And the, the common assumption is that I'm going to spend less when I retire. But you know, I think about those those TV commercials, right, that are out there and you see people out on the golf course, you see them traveling, you know, they're spending time and, and buying things for their grandkids. But you, know, you got to remember, none of those things are going to be free. And there's a good chance that you're going to end up spending more many times when you're retired than you are now, right? You bet. Yeah, I'll take that question, Ben. You know, I was looking at the data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics shows that the average retiree is going to spend about $50,000 a year. So the biggest concern is inflation. And inflation's been relatively low at about 1% to 2%, but we're likely going to see higher inflation in the future. And that affects everything you do. Most importantly, your essential expenses, so your food, your clothing. Maybe your home is paid for, but you've got groceries. Your biggest expense of all is going to be health care and taxes in the future. And a recent article that uh, we were looking at by Michael Kitsis, he's a leading authority on financial planning that we follow. He defines retirement in three phases. So the first is the go-go years. That's the first decade where you're active, and largely it's a continuation of the pre-retirement lifestyle. And the slow-go years are less active. It's the second decade as energy and health begin to decline and discretionary spending slows down. And then the no-go years, the third decade of retirement, most discretionary spending stops and your health care costs increase. But the idea behind all that is that spending is not consistent. And then you look at the deficit we currently have. Who's going to pay for all that? Well, it's going to be you as a taxpayer. You're going to see that in, in increased uh, federal ordinary income tax rates, state income tax rates, increases in Medicare premiums, cost of living adjustments for Social Security. Right now, they're talking of changing the calculation for annual COLAs for so Social Security, which means less, not more of an increase. And by the way, Social Security in the future, it may look different than it does today for retirees of today, us baby boomers. Workers may pay more for their Part A. Full age for full benefits may eventually be age 70. Right now, if you're born 1960 or later, full age for benefits is age 67. And for most baby boomers, it's around age 66. So you may start out spending less in your working years, but inflation is going to eat away at those dollars. So for example, $50,000 today, 
you're going to need $64,000 in 10 years, about $82,000 in 20 years and 30 years. I would say if you're healthy, you could live 30 years in retirement. It's about $105,000 for those same $50,000 of expenses today. So that's also a good podcast to have for investing. I talk about investing to stay ahead of inflation. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I run across clients all the time, Ben and Barb, that uh, say, well, gosh, I'm not going to be around for 30 years. I don't even think I'll be around for 10 or 15 years. And I said, well, what if? Mean, well, what if? That's true. But, but, but even if you're not and you've got children, they're going to be around, right? How about grandchildren? They're going to be around. So the things that you do today with regard to your investment approach is going to affect directly what's going to have uh, a huge impact on the next generations sure. with regard to their buying power, with regard to taxes and so forth. So save more. More is better. More is always better. That's what I always say. More is better. Right. Yeah. I and think, you know, I think, I, I think we all could agree with that, but that those inflation numbers, man, that's, that's eye opening. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, you kind of touched on this a little bit, Barb, um, but taxes, you know, taxes, the assumption with taxes that you won't be paying as much, right? Taxes are going to be low in retirement, maybe because you think <laughs> I'm not going to be making as much. I'm not going to be working. So my, my income won't be as high. But, you know, I just think now where we are currently with the tax rates so low, first off, you got to be thinking about the rates have to go up, right? I mean, you kind of talked about that a little bit, but also think about, you know, your retirement accounts that are, that are taxable as well that people just aren't thinking about. That's exactly it. You know, uh, when people say this, because we've heard uh, this many times, I always say it's not necessarily so. You've got 401ks, you've got IRAs, you've got Social Security. Some of you will have pensions. You've got required minimum distributions. And I have clients that withdraw some money from their IRAs upon retirement. But when I show them what's going to be required, required minimum distributions at age 72, they're pretty surprised. For example, I have one client, he's going to withdraw at age 65, about $50,000 a year beginning this year. And in seven years, his required distribution is $110,000. And he doesn't need all that money due to having a pension and social security, but he'll have to withdraw that money based on his actual account value size. Well, when you have to withdraw twice as much as you need, guess what? You're going to be paying a lot more in taxes because of it. Now, when that time does come in his case, he'll have options for what he can do with that money, but it still has to be withdrawn. And then we look at the new stimulus, add another $2 trillion to our tax bill. So it's not a matter of if taxes are raised, it's when. And I was uh, listening to the news on Tuesday, just this last Tuesday, and the current administration is talking about a massive, those are the words I heard, tax hike due to this most recent stimulus. Mm -hmm. The picture that's always painted is the tax hike is for high earners only. Well, that's not necessarily true. We found that out, Phil, and we were doing some research last year Mm -hmm. for the uh, Illinois proposed tax hike. It says for high income earners, for high income earners only. Well, when you look through the fine print, it affects all taxpayers. That is, if you pay taxes. If you don't pay taxes, it won't affect you. And the same as far as the previous question I answered regarding spending less in retirement. When you retire, you've got 24 hours a day that are free. You'll likely pick up hobbies, maybe travel, travel to see the grandkids, eat out more often. And these are the years that you work hard for all your life. So you want to enjoy them and not necessarily just get by. So keep in mind that with that said, you have to have an income plan. It's a spending plan that's going to show you how much you can safely withdraw each year. Well, the the good news, Barb, is that uh, tax brackets have come down over the years. So back uh, in the 40s, 50s, uh, up to as high as 90% at one time. So it's way, way down. But here's the bad news. The bad news is that we're paying more types of taxes. 
And somebody added up recently that if you add all the taxes up that we pay, the different types of taxes, we pay somewhere between 70 to 75 different types of taxes. Jeez. Unbelievable. And that's incredible. I mean, I just, I looked at uh, my, my taxes, basically it was fees on my, my car and my trailers. I've got three cars and two trailers and uh, that doubled. And so I went, you know, almost $600 for all the, the fees just for one year on that equipment alone. Just look at your t- utility bills. Oh, it's, it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. 70 to 76 different type of taxes. That is outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, those numbers are crazy. I mean, I, Everybody's depressed now. I know. Yeah, I know. It's, <clears throat> and, and I think it's important, you know, that, that episode you talked about with the fair tax was, I think, you know, what very well received because it, it kind of shined the light on some areas that people weren't paying attention to. And much like the taxes we're hearing about now, just, you know, if you on the surface, it just seems like, Hey, it's just going to be, it's not going to affect me because it's going to affect the people that are making a, a really a high amount of money. So yeah, for the most part, it won't affect me. So no big deal. But uh, I think when we get to that point again, it's probably a good idea to do another podcast, maybe on, on some of those details. I think that's so helpful. Well, this government's going to take, this state is going to take another bite at the apple on that one, Ben. You just watch yeah. in your future. Yep. I, you know what? I, th- I think our listeners have to remember that if you're excited about this stimulus, and I don't know that a lot of people are, but if you are, nothing's free. No. And so you know, the government's form of, uh, of income is through taxation. So well, we, we will pay the bill. Yeah, the president just said that they wanted to raise the amount of for- loan forgiveness for college loans to $50,000. Each. Can yeah. you imagine that? So here's the average family saying, well, wow, I got $50,000 of loans forgiven. We've got, you know, $2,800 in, in uh, stimulus coming, uh, $600 a week in unemployment. Unbelievable. This government is so generous to us right. and it's all free. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. is it really? Right. Yeah. Bill has to be paid. So don't expect, bottom line, don't expect taxes to be lower when you retire. It could, they could nope. be, but if you plan for it and it doesn't happen, um, then that's great, right? You got extra money, but you want to be making tax planning a part of your retirement plan. Uh, third assumption here on the list, you know, a lot of parents are getting, have the decision to make whether or not they want to help their kids with college or they want to continue to focus on their retirement and saving money and putting money away there. So, you know, that, that assumption is I need to, put my kids first before myself. But is that the case? I mean, do you need to be worried about your children first and the student loan debt that they're going to kind of carry that burden with versus, hey, what are you going to do in retirement without the financial aid that maybe they could get for for college? <laughs> yeah, remember that there is no such thing as financial aid uh, for retirement, Ben. <laughs> yeah, that's a good so, one. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we could, you know, we could become a big burden to our children. Hey, that's okay. That's a little switch around there, right? So let's unpack some of the assumptions here. You know, when you're in, you're in your 20s and 30s, Barb, uh, retirement seems like a long way off. It's a light year away. And I don't so, have to save. Yeah, yeah. Plenty of time, right? I thought the same way when I was, I'm going to be 69 yeah. years old this year, you know, and I, I can remember 21 just seemed like yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, life goes by in a, in a hurry. And so mm-hmm. um, here, here are several rules, and I have a lot of rules here for financial success, but here are a couple of big ones that I think people have to take in consideration. And it need not be a choice, college or retirement. You could potentially have both. But the first rule is this, time could be your friend if you get started right now. If you get started early, time could be on your side. And we have an example I often use of Joe and Pete. They're both 21. They were high school graduates together, and uh, they're both working in the same factory. $50,000 per year income is what they're making. Joe decides that he wants to go ahead and take advantage of the company's 401k plan. So what Joe does is he decides to put away $5,000 per year. Now he pays himself first. He puts that money away. 
and he does that for 20 years. So he's, when he stops, he's 41 years of age, he's still working there, but he says, uh oh, I'd better start looking around for some student aid for my kids and start paying for some college for them. So he's put away how much? $100,000, right? $100,000, sure. You know, over that 20 years, it's worth about $183,000 if he's getting eh, around 6% return. He stops and he lets that money ride in that 401k for 20 years. And so by the time he's 65, Barb, he's got 745,000 bucks, Yep, 745,000. He only had to put away a hundred thousand. So I gave you Barb a hundred thousand dollars and you give me back 700. That's a good deal every time. That's a, that's a winner every time. (laughs) Compound interest at its finest. It's unbelievable. Pete, on the other hand, he decides he doesn't want to save right away in his 401k plan. So he waits 20 years. Okay. So he starts to make contributions to his 401k where his friend Joe left off. So to have the same amount of money when he's 65, Pete has to put away out of his pocket 351000 bucks. That's unbelievable. $14,000 per year. So you see, yeah. he's, he's lost the advantage of time here. And so, you know, just because uh, you've got all these other obligations and you have all these bills to pay, so forth and so on, you've got to take care of yourself first because well, well, maybe the government's going to take care of you. I don't know. We'll see how things work out, you know. <laughs> if you want to plan that. Yeah. But rule number two is this. Pay yourself first. So out of every dollar that you earn, part of it is yours to keep. That's a really important rule. And so, mm-hmm. uh, as I said, it not need, it need not be a choice. Why? Here's the reason. Because there are few today who can shoulder the entire cost of college themselves. You know, the U.S. Department of Education recently published a uh, uh, a statistic where the average cost of college is now $31,124 per year. Now, my question, yeah, my, my side question is, what are they getting for it? Well, that's another it, thing. Yeah, yeah, do these parents really know what their kids are getting for, for the amount of money they're paying? So unless you're a highly compensated individual, such as an executive, you know, uh, you have a lot of bucks to worry about, you probably won't have to be able to do this on your own. You have, you're going to have to seek financial aid. Mm-hmm. So here's a couple ideas, Barb, that... Um, that we, we often use, in addition to contributing to your 401k plan, pay yourself first, okay, set up a 529 college funding plan. And a college funding plan like this is run by each state. Uh, the money you put in is tax deferred, okay? Uh, so you can change beneficiaries. So if one child, your first child decides not to go to school, it can revert to the second child or the third child. And so you could go ahead and transfer the, uh, the amount of benefit to a child who doesn't need it. So if you don't use any of it at all, because another kids went to school, it can come back to you. Now, the amount of money coming out back to you uh, would be uh, taxable to you. And there might be a 10% penalty. You have to kind of look at the details on this. But it's not like a UGMA plan, a Uniform Gift to Minors Act uh, plan, where you put the money into the account, and you can't take it back, right? Mm-hmm. So if the kid's got $50,000 in the account, he goes out and blows it on a convertible. There's not much you can do about right. it, right? But in the case of a 529, you can get it back if you want, or the alternative would be this. If you um, want to go ahead and use a Roth IRA to fund college, you can do that too. Uh, the only difference there between that and the 529 is that there's no penalty. There's no tax penalty on the Roth IRA. There will be tax, but not the tax penalty that we were looking at on the 529 plan. That's a, yeah, that's a good point. So, and it can also be used for trade schools. So it doesn't it have can, to be a yep. four-year college. So that's, uh, you know, they've opened that up quite a bit over the years. You know, we're really in, in a hurt for skilled trades out there. And that that is one source of funding that we really need to take a look at. You know, I was, uh, when they when you say need to, <laughs> need to help kids pay for oh. college, I say, you know, well, if you want to help your kids in college, that's one thing, but do you really need to? 
because I usually explain it this way with my clients. Your kids have their whole working career to pay back college loans. You don't if you're in your 50s. You know, you're in a catch-up mode if you haven't saved enough for retirement. But like you said too, Phil, you can do some serious saving right now if you become disciplined. And unless you want to, or you, uh, you, unless you want to work until age 70 or even past age 70, but it's not an either or. I would still save for retirement. And especially if you have a, re- a company match in your 401k. You know, one of the saddest things that we see are people that come in and we find out that uh, they started too late in life. They didn't put enough money aside, you know, basically kind of pillaged their retirement funds earlier in life. And, and now they're underfunded in their retirement. And it's sad because, yeah. you know, they don't, they don't, they're not able to maintain the lifestyle that they had prior to retirement. Or they realize they're going to have to work part-time. That's another way too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that takes us right to our last assumption too, because, you know, for many people, whether or not they are underfunded or not, you know, they kind of have this opinion that I'm just never going to be able to retire, you know, whether they just kind of fallen behind through the years or they look at their friends and they say, oh, my friends are in better shape than I am. Or, you know, retirement just creeps up on them really quickly and you're just not, you know, prepared for it. You thought, oh, that's down the road a ways. And all of a sudden you wake up and it's, it's right around the corner. So what do you tell people that have that assumption that, hey, I'm just never going to be able to make this work? Yeah, the person that says I'll never be able to retire, you know, I, I guess I have a little a little problem with it. I don't mind correcting folks from time to time, but I often use this quote by Henry Ford. He has a saying that went like this: "If you say you can, you can. If, if you, you say, say you, you won't, or you, you can't, can't, you won't." That was him. Yeah, I know that saying. <laughs> yep, yep. So let's begin with the proper mindset. Okay, savings and investing is a matter of two things: your will and your discipline. You have to purposefully put aside money on a disciplined, regular basis. That's what it takes. If you're not able, willing, or uh, most people are more are willing to do it, but you know the, as they say, the spirit is willing, but the body is weak, kind of a thing. They're not Mm -hmm. really doing that in a disciplined manner. It won't work. So let's say that you're one of the the two guys that we talked to in the previous uh, example where we have Joe and Pete, and they were uh, saving money. Okay, and can they afford to retire? One of them has taken the money out and they spent it all on college when they're 50 years of age. So they've got nothing left in their investment. So can they still afford to retire? That's a good question. Okay. Mm -hmm. There are some possibilities here. So it's not all doom and gloom. So let's say they're now in their 50s and there's several things that they need to consider that they can tap into. Uh, You know, they may be empty nesters at this point. So all the uh, expense that goes along with, with child raising is gone. It's out of the way. And, and that's good because now they don't have to uh, fork out those additional dollars to, uh, to feed an extra mouth at, how, at the house. Um, the other thing is that you know their major expense, which could be their mortgage, could be paid off or paid down significantly. So they don't have that expense. They can take the extra money, put it toward their retirement. And, you know, and that would be uh, somewhere close to the $14,000, not the $5,000 per year like you know, like Joe was doing, Pete has to put away 14000 Yes, you'll have to put away more money, but that's what they need to do. So uh, the employees now at age 50 or so, Barb, they're usually at the top of their pay scale right. at that point. You know, so, so they can afford to put some of this money away. And so maybe, maybe uh, Pete can afford to do that. And so that's the thing they have to consider is that they're able to do that. They're going to be in a rush to the goal line to get there. But it is possible to do. Now, here's some other sources of income that could be considered. How about inheritance? Okay, so I'm not so sure if I'm going to get that much of an inheritance from uh, my parents at this point. Uh, but, you know, here's the deal. This is really an incredible uh, kind of sidebar. 
You know how much money, uh, Ben, the uh, the baby boomers have, how much wealth they have all together? It's been added up. Do you know what it is? Make a guess. The total between all the boomer generation? Yeah, all the boomer generation, everything they have, all the wealth oh, they man. have accumulated. I don't even know where to start. I'm going to go with um, <clears throat> $20 billion. Okay, okay, $20 billion. Am I even well, close? He, yeah, you're off a little bit. Okay. Now, now here's the thing. I, when I tell you this number, now I don't want you to quit working because you're going to inherit a bunch of money from your folks. Okay, Ben. But how about this? How about $59.4 trillion? Oh, wow. Yeah. I wasn't close at all. Yeah, you imagine that $59.4 trillion. Unbelievable. And the average household, they say, and I don't know where they get this number from, but it's 1.2 million per household. So uh, I guess um, if all else fails and you want to leave money to your kids, you'll be able to do it one way or another. There's an incredible amount of wealth out there in that generation. And, uh, well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Million dollars does seem high. But then again, too, there's been more millionaires created in this last decade than uh, previously, too. So um, Yeah, millionaires and billionaires. In fact, it's you know <laughs> mm-hmm. the old book, um, The Millionaire Next Door. You remember that book? Yep. That's pretty common today. You know, yeah. People have that much money saved in a 401k plan. Well, you know, and the other thing I thought of too, because I thought of one client when I heard that comment, I'll never be able to retire, you know, see if you can retire because, you know, so check with a qualified financial advisor and see if and when you can retire. You're going to have social security, some are going to have a pension. So it's important to know what your situation looks like and for when you can retire. Because I have one of my clients who is working part-time and uh, her husband had retired, but she said it was because she always thought she had to work part-time. Well, I showed her how she could retire, that re- but that did require an income plan where her retire, where you know, where I'm showing her where her retirement money is coming from, how long it's going to last, taxes, inflation, living to age 100. Those are just some of the areas that we look at. But if I hadn't come up with a withdrawal plan, an actual plan, and shown her that she could actually retire, she'd still continue mm-hmm. to work. Mm-hmm. Well, she was happy to just know that she could retire, and I think it was that same year, shortly thereafter, that she did finally retire. Mm-hmm. So check and make sure, just know what your numbers are because you can't go haphazardly into retirement, not if you could possibly live 30 years. Yeah, and I think each one of these assumptions kind of um, addresses the fact that we need to have proper planning. Um, you know, that's that's the key. And you can avoid these assumptions or be prepared for each of these items and kind of know for sure and not just assume that something's going to happen that uh, you just believe it will for whatever reason. You want to know for sure. And working with Pathfinder Wealth Management or any other professional will help you do that. So if you want to learn more, uh, get in touch with Barbara and Phil. Pathfinderwealth.com is the website. We'll have this podcast plus all of our past podcasts will be archived there as well. You can listen to those. But you can call the office directly as well if you prefer. 815-399-9806. Barbara and Phil, thanks for taking us through these assumptions. Some some pretty eye-opening numbers there uh, throughout this show for sure. So hopefully this helps some people out. Yes. Oh, Have a great day, everyone. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.